listening to a Called Collective podcast, where we seek to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. The Called Collective produces multiple podcasts, which you can find in the description below. To learn more about The Called Collective, visit our website at thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Check, check, check. No, it was terrible. <laughs> it did not, you did not make it work. so bad. That was terrible. That was such a I bad sermon. <laughs> To Modern Parables. My name is Tyler. I'm one of your hosts, joined by my big and gulpy co-hosts, uh, Isaac and Noah. I get it. Not sponsored by Speedway, but Speedway. Definitely sponsored by 7-Eleven, no doubt. Speedway slushies, top tier. Elite. Elite. There you go. All right. Elite. Diet Coke? Oh, so good. <laughs> top, tier. top tier. We are joined again by a returner, That's Pastor cool. Ethan Linder. The one, the only. Yes. Glad to be here. Let's go. You know, I had no idea that you had three kids. Yeah. I had no idea. When I wake up really early in the morning, sometimes I forget. (laughs) (laughs) But they're delightful, and they're always there early in the morning to remind me. They're ready. Yeah, Ethan is always out being just number one dad, playing with his kids in the street, you know, just... I know that sounds bad, but it's it's not meant to sound bad. Um, He lives on a pretty tame street, or at least they play on a pretty tame street. Yep. Yeah. That does tend so to happen. I, I almost run him over with my car sometimes. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Definitely. You guys live near each other? No, it's when I'm coming into Iwoo. He's playing with his kids. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, well you know the drill. What's the scripture you brought for us today? Yeah. So, Nehemiah 8. And uh, I'll focus mostly in verses 1 to 12, but there are a couple that just have a lot of hard names that I'm going to omit. So, <laughs> here's oh, the scripture. So, Nehemiah, Nehemiah chapter 8. Especially verses 1 to 12, okay? When the seventh month came and the Israelites had settled in their towns, all the people came together as one in the square before the water gate, and they told Ezra, the teacher of the law, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra, the priest, brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand He read it aloud from daybreak until noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men and the women and the others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. Now going down to verse 5. Ezra opened the book and all the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. And Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen, Amen. And they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Now to verse 9. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and teacher of the law, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. So don't mourn or weep, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Don't grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. I uh, definitely got there first. For some reason, it just kept going over and over, and I'm like, where is this book? I know it's in here. 
It must be in the Apocrypha. <laughs> I don't read from that. Oh, that's good. All right. Um, first things that... Uh, you want to go first, Isaac? Yeah, I do. Okay. First things I heard... No. Where's what? the buzzer? <gasps> oh. Here. It's coming in right here. Ready? Three, two, one. And right there. a bit of deceptive editing... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what the sound is. <laughs> we're gonna keep it. <laughs> All right, regardless. Sorry, I lost that. Yeah, that's funny. All right. Good but, stall tactic, Isaac. Yeah, my bad. Okay. Now the first the first thing that I saw that I really loved was um when oh, where was the verse? But when Ezra's reading the book, uh the law to them, and they all are just rejoicing. They stand for it. They say amen, amen, and it means so so much to them, right? This is, if I remember correctly, like the first reading to them since they've come out of like exile. And so it's a big deal. But my favorite part, uh, you get into verse nine, and he, I'm just going to read it again. Then Nehemiah the governor, as of the priest and teacher of the law and the Levites, who were instructing the people, said to them, this day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. And a question comes to mind, like, why would they be weeping when hearing the law of the Lord? And I can't help but think, they coming out of exile, you know, some, some of them might know why they're in exile, and some might not know, right? Generations. Um, but hearing all these, these laws and what they're supposed to keep and knowing that this is what their ancestors broke and led them into, into exile, right? And so mourning and weeping that. But this is a time for rejoicing. Why? Because you're focusing on God's faithfulness. Even, even though, right, you can start focusing on all the sins that come from this and it reminds you of all the things that you, your, the people before you didn't keep. No, the focus is supposed to be on God, right? Your sin is revealed, but what is greater than your sin revealed is the grace of God and the faithfulness of God that comes through the reading of the law. And so many times with our lives, when we're confessing sin or when we feel convicted by the Lord with this truth, we can dwell in our self-pity and not rejoice in it because our focus is on ourself and our sin rather than worshiping the faithfulness of God in spite of our unfaithfulness. Mm. Mm. You know, something that we gloss over often, I think, is the amount of time that they read the law. Mm. Like, from daybreak until noon, they did nothing but listen to the law being read. Mm. Dude, I read through that law like five minutes and I'm done. I asked my dad first reading through, I was like, can I skip this part? <laughs> but I mean, Ezra's also reading this for like five, six hours. Mm. Like it's it's not anybody else, I don't from what we can gather at least. I mean, sure, maybe somebody else is hopping up there, but Ezra's one job in this story is to go and read the law. Like he is a scribe, he knows the law, he knows what's going on. And when was the last time that we really we're just like encapsulated by the word. Mm -hmm. And as much as obviously when you, when you don't have something like the law for so long and then all of a sudden it's presented to you, your mind is blown. Think about any, any new Christian when they, when they get, they, when they are confronted with the truth of scripture, they just want more. They can't get enough. I remember a friend of mine in high school, he, he became a Christian in probably sophomore, junior year of high school. And he could not get enough of it. He read it over and over mm -hmm. and over and over and over and honestly, I think there's moments in our lives where we forget that, where we forget just, wow, this is scripture. This has been around for forever and it hasn't changed. And honestly, that, that's, that is my point. Like maybe mm -hmm. find creative ways 
to read scripture in a fresh way, in a new way. Listen to it. Read it out loud. Have someone else read it to you or read it slowly together, whatever it is. But find creative ways to make the word come alive to where it's not just the same thing over and over again. Different mm. translations, whatever it is, but be creative with it. Mm. Yeah, something I see um, is that the, the posture in which they come or there are in worship. So it talks about as he opened it, they stood up. And then it also says that they went down on their knees and worshiped on the ground. And they worshiped in all these different manners and positions and mm. and ways. And I think I think there there is a lost art. So when I worship, um, I lift my hands and do the, you know, the typical Christian things you do in worship. But what I did what I discovered when I was first in youth group, I would just raise my hands because everybody else raised their hands. Mm-hmm. Then I started to wonder why we raise our hands and then the manner in which you raise your hand. And what, what does it mean when your hand is like this versus when your hand is pointed towards you? What are, are you giving to the Lord? Are you receiving from the Lord? Those kind of different things. And I think having a mindset of being mindful of what we're doing when we worship is important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree. Especially when you like hit the person next to you because you're just going crazy. Definitely. Yes. Elbowing everybody. Yeah. Have you seen a, who is it? Uh, Tim, Tim Hawkins. Hawkins oh, his whole so thing. good. Yeah. So okay, small worship, TV. Yeah. My fish was this big. Flat screen. My fish was and this then, big. But then it's also I'm a little like, bit of a liar. Jesus still loves you. <laughs> a light the parachute bulbs. or something like that. Light bulbs. Oh, the parachute one's yeah. new. Yeah. I didn't know that one. And he said <laughs> Catholic. Heartburn. Yeah, the big, it's the big three. Uh, Goalpost, something, touchdown. Yeah, something like that. I remember, man, we good. used to watch that all the time. Good. It's a good one. All right, Mr. Linder, do you have anything for us? Give us your insight. Oh, man. This, I think your this wisdom. passage just reframed the way I see joy, right? So it says, the end, uh, the joy of the Lord is your strength. And I have been pretty fixated on joy as like a luxury product, mm-hmm. you know? It's like, oh, that's nice for people who can afford <laughs> to be joyful. Yeah. Um, but instead of thinking that joy is like, I think that comes from some misconception right that like joy is what you do when everything's already going well right mm-hmm. you have leftover attention mm-hmm. it's just bubbling over you in you you know um and i read this and i say actually joy is what enables us to carry the weight that life uh places on us hmm. right like the joy of the lord is strength right mm-hmm. i don't think of strength as something that's a luxury product i think of it as something i need to get through the day and it's like, okay, joy can actually be not just like the hood ornament on the car, but the engine, right? Mm. Not just the luxury product, but something that's like at the base of the food pyramid. Like this is table stakes necessary for entering into the kingdom of God, you know? Wow. It's good. It's good. That's amazing. Well, Bring us there. thanks for bringing uh, the word for us. And if you've listened to this podcast or new, we like to root ourselves in the word. And from here we go to the topic generator, which Ew. produces a random topic. And we give sermon illustrations for it. So, and it's good or get, bad. Let's get to it. Here we go. Mostly and uh, stop. <clears throat> Tetris. Oh, my days. I'm beyond honest. You guys know, don't say you don't never, know what Tetris never is. Played. Oh, okay. Never I've, played? I've seen it played. Okay. You guys see the new movie that is, that's come out? Or I, TV I've show? Heard or about whatever? It. I haven't seen like the trailer yeah. or anything like that. It's about getting the rights to Tetris. Like the the distribution rights and stuff. Sounds this guy goes awful. to Moscow to uh, to the Soviet Union, like all over the place. It's crazy. It's cool. It's a cool story. Good story. Has nothing to do with the game, really, as far as it's played. But hmm. it's Jared Harder's favorite game to play in class. It oh used to gosh. be at least. All right, I got one. 
<laughs> All right. See, let's, let's see, see what, what this uh, noise is. Uh, wait, wait, wait. That the, was from. It's the donkey. Oh that's Faith. Mm. That's Faith's donkey or something, something like that. No All right, idea. we'll keep it though. Okay. So in Tetris, you know, when you're playing, nothing angers me more though when you're just setting up a space mm-hmm. to one piece to fit perfectly in it. But then you don't get that piece and you kind of have to scramble, right? And it doesn't work out, whatever you could lose easily. But the best feeling is when you get that one piece, like that long piece that fits there and it knocks out like three rows. Yeah. And so I'm thinking of like things that fit perfectly together. Ooh. And his strength and our weakness mm. fits perfectly together. So you I know. think you could play yeah. on that. That's a short little illustration with it, but. I think nothing is more frustrating than watching someone play Tetris because you're seeing all the mistakes they're making, but you're actually not playing at all. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like any game, any game ever. I mean, we, we all watch basketball, like March Madness, and we're all like, well, how, how'd they miss that? It's like, bro, I, I couldn't make that if I tried. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this is, comes back, Isaac says this a lot, but what are you doing sitting on the sidelines? Like, go and play the game. Mm. Like, what, what's the point if not fulfilling the right commission if you're just going to sit there and criticize everybody else for not doing a good job? Go out there. Do it. That's my, that's my least favorite thing is when a pastor goes and preaches a message. And then they're just like, oh, they're so bad. They are so bad. I'm like, then you go do it. <laughs> Give me the week off. You go preach. Get off the sideline and go play. But, yeah, that's my illustration. Do you know what a Tetris is in the game of Tetris? No. It's when you knock out a row. That's a Tetris. Oh, that's a Tetris? Yes. So, But nobody knows that unless you know. So what's funny— well, Yes, Tyler. Thank okay. you for— So how do, I, how do I know, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, there is such a thing as competitive Tetris. And it's one of the most—the the announcer is the most entertaining part <laughs> of—because he's like— So the one video I can think of, the guy's name was Jonas. And the other guy, I don't remember the other guy because he wasn't doing very well. But Jonas was going off, and he's like, Tetris for Jonas. And there's another Tetris for Jonas. And the long bar, Tetris for Jonas. And he just kept going on and on and on and doing it. It was wild. But <laughs> you would watch competitive Tetris. It's a TikTok. It's 60s. You know, it's it's there. It's, you know, right? <laughs> It's whatever it's whatever comes across the screen, right? I don't know but, what your algorithm is. Yeah, <laughs> I Tetris. At least it, it's you. a tame algorithm, all right? I'm watching disc golf fails and Tetris. That's right. That's national right. championship or whatever. That's right. But the fact that nobody knows what a Tetris is in the game of Tetris, I think, points to something in the the spiritual life, the Christian life. Is we know words sometimes, but we don't know what they mean. And we don't know what value they have, right? And we know we know the name of the game. We don't know how it's played. Mm. We don't know we don't know the terminology. We don't know the language. And I think it's important to understand and know the language, especially the farther and farther you get into uh, walking in the Christian life. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think every time I watch Tetris, the thing that stresses me out the most is seeing the screen fill up when things don't fit together. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just like there's a limited amount of time. There's a limited amount of space, and if they don't do something that fits together, it's just all going to stack up and become really cluttered. And I I think of how often we tend to do that with our attention, our time, our energy, and our affection, right? So, like, the most stressful lives that most of us encounter when and anybody in a local church or, like, who walks out of their front door is going to experience some, some people who I think have so much pain in their life. The people whose pain is the most difficult are people who slowly— 
decided to allow extraneous things that didn't fit Ooh. into their life, right? They're, mm. they're like, if you would ask them when they started building their life, do you want your life to be coherent, to hold together, to have integrity? They would have said yes, but they they slowly started letting things in mm. that didn't fit. Mm. And without knowing there was limited time, it just happened slowly over the years until they be become either someone who has a moral failure or they become a really crotchety old person. Right, like in their middle age, they become prematurely old. <laughs> so that's yeah. good. That's good. I have a question. With Tetris, if I remember correctly, you can rotate the piece, right? You can, yeah. Ooh. All right. So with <laughs> he's yeah. like, this is riding on this. This is yeah, yeah. This would have all fallen apart. Um, but with the piece, uh, sometimes if you look at it from a different perspective, you can see that it actually fits perfectly. And so, when I talk about perspective, uh, many times my my mind goes to joy and trials, mm. and um looking at trials or interruptions in your life as actually blessings or things that things that come into your life that don't seem like blessings if you start to see them as the blessing then it then it actually fits beautifully in your life and it does what it's supposed to do in your life i remember hearing the song and it's like what if blessings come through teardrops what if blessings come through pain what if blessing comes through all these things right mm. and i have a shirt that says be careful what you pray for mm. and just because the whole idea if you pray to look more like christ if you pray to to for the for the Lord to give you patience, many times people say, "Oh, he'll give you a situation to be patient in," um, and so it's changing your perspective a lot on things in life. Uh, but when you change your perspective on like looking forward to what is ahead, keeping our mind on eternal things, then it changes how you see everything yeah. here. It doesn't matter what I go through now; all the suffering, it's incomparable, as Paul says, to the joy and to the to the glory that we're going to receive in heaven. And so when we change our perspective. For the pieces in our life, we start to see how they actually fit together to form this beautiful mm. thing. Mm -hmm. That's good. Oh, and one more. Oh, I think so. In in Tetris, you only get to see what the the next piece is. You get to see the current piece and the one next piece. You don't get to see much farther than that. And I mean, when it comes to walking in faith and walking by faith, sometimes we don't even see what the next piece is. We just have to wonder what the heck we're going to do. With what's <laughs> what's going to happen with this one piece that's coming down True. right now? Yo, so, that's good. Wow, Tetris had a lot. There we yeah, go, Tetris. We filled it up. Let's go on to the next one. Wow. Fill it up. Mm -hmm. Tetris for Jonas. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Crews, Jack guy, right? Yeah. 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 The 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 meme. He's also no 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 no. He's yeah, also a painter he's, and and highly intelligent a, man. But yeah, he's he ripped. Was a football player. Too, yes. Right? Yes. Linebacker. America's Got Talent host. Yep. He's on he's Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yep. Know exactly who we're talking about. He did he, Old Spice commercials. Oh, yes. those were amazing. Look what you've done. You made a sexy man out of my son. <laughs> Have you seen that? <laughs> no. Because <laughs> that's the commercial. With That's Terry Crews? Yes, it the is. The only one I've seen with Terry Crews is where he just yells and goes, ah, explosion! <laughs> and he's like <laughs> hitting buildings because Old Spice. <laughs> but the theme song is always that at the end. You don't listen to the theme song? It's just, it's just the whistle, no, man. No, it's not. I will, <laughs> I will show you after. I will show you Dude, after Dude, somebody sold you a false bill of sale, man. <laughs> I've never once heard that. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. I, I promise you it is something. You can promise all you want, but. I'll show you after. Not now. But you got some for Terry Crews? I mean, he can make his pecs dance. I mean, yeah. so can The Rock. Mm. Allegedly. Mm. Yeah, I've seen it. <laughs> True. Um, uh, Terry Crews, like I said, it, the way we're explaining him, he's known for many, many things. Yeah. 
And uh, I remember hearing the quote, like, be, uh, my biggest fear at the end of life is succeeding all, at all the things that don't matter. Mm-hmm. And so what do you want to be known for at the end of your life? My pecs dancing, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too, but I've got a ways to go. Uh, the man's just got range. Yeah. And I'm like, mm. you put him in almost any situation and like he can converse with strangers really well, like backstage. He can yeah. he can talk with people on set really well. He can make his pecs dance. <laughs> uh, he can be in that's right. That's right. <laughs> he can be in serious things, funny things. And like he's still himself, actually, though. Mm. Like, and I think that's that's become I think often we think about like fitting into different friend groups and being professionals and being like, I don't know, friends with people who are across the line of faith, who are not across the line of faith. We're like, how do we put ourselves in these situations and still be who we are? I think I think that's a really good skill. Like, yeah, uh, congruency in our life, like year mm. over year, being the same person in various settings. Mm. Solid. I got nothing for Terry Cruz. I'm lost at the peg dancing. Yep. All right, we can go on to the next one. Let's do it. Stop. Greek Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt. Greek yogurt. <laughs> yogurt. Is there an H in yogurt? Y O G H. That is the correct no. spell. So that's the Dutch way to spell. It. Okay, good to know. Yogurt. My mom would spell <laughs> yogurt. My mom would spell things in Dutch on our uh, oh. grocery list. He and can so, speak Dutch. Did you know that? Yeah, I did. He spoke it in DC. And. Uh, Yogurt. My she always puts an H after the G, so I I just for some reason I always thought yogurt was spelled with an H. Yogurt. Yogurt. I mean, (laughs) yeah, go for it. Uh, so what makes up a good? I I have no idea where the spiritual connection this gonna is gonna go. I I got you, but we'll see. Uh, did you know that NFL players, as a part of their breakfast and their diet? consists heavily of Greek yogurt. Mm. So uh, there's this one uh, linebacker. (laughs) I know. There's this one linebacker whose name is Isaac Rochelle. Okay, he's on TikTok, him and his wife. Of course he is. And he played for the Colts, he played for the Browns, and just very recently played for the Raiders. Right now he's stuck in free agency, but this is like his eighth year in the NFL. Uh, he, he, He documents what the typical breakfast looks like, and he makes this gorgeous, like, scrambled egg platter. It's just amazing. Just beautiful, right? Ketchup, right? Mm. It's it's great. It's delicious. Mm. And then he slaps, like, five dollops of Greek yogurt on top, because it's packed with protein, but it's just totally bland. Go ahead. My gosh. <laughs> I was thinking about, when you talk about yogurt, and like, football players, their they're intake so much yogurt, because Right. They need it. Right. That's the protein. That's how they're gonna like that's their nutrition. They, the nutrition they need. Just yeah. like Michael Phelps eating so much during the Olympics, right? We as Christians mm. need to feed upon the word of God. Thank you. This is this is a stretch here. Not a stretch, but <laughs> that's a stretch. It, it's the like if they don't have yogurt, they're not gonna get the gains they need or the energy to be able to practice and get better at this what they're doing. Man must not live on Greek yogurt alone. But, <laughs> but everywhere word goes from and the, the New Testament is written in Greek. <gasps> that's right. There it is Greek Greek yogurt. <laughs> <laughs> this is Greek yogurt. Paul it was, yogurt. Paul <laughs> was living on that stuff, bro. Oh my days. That's what we're gonna name our audio Bible. <laughs> the Greek yogurt. No, we're just gonna call it yogurt because it's already Greek. Uh, yes, 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 Thanks, yes, courtesy yeah. of Ethan Linder here. <laughs> oh yeah, everybody. By the way, we're making an audio Bible. <laughs> yeah. so, sometime it'll come out. Okay. Yeah, we'll I'm, tell you I'm about it afterwards. Can't wait. 
I'm completely yeah. lost on this we, one. Obviously, Tyler and I had the best illustration yet. Oh my gosh, tag team. Mm-hmm. Let's go. 100%. Let's go, Gulpy. I was thinking, I was thinking similar things with like Greek yogurt to use for yogurt parfaits. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about, yogurt parfaits? Yes, but is that Greek yogurt? I mean, yeah, it can you can. I, I guess be. it's it the be. base. It's the base. The it's base. like vanilla you, ice you cream. Use that yeah. And then you throw in your toppings and yeah. stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I had no yeah, idea. Yeah, let's go on to the next one. Yeah. It's it's expired. Oh, good one. Thank you. Stop. Decaf coffee. Coffee, coffee is terrible, awful, no good, dirty, rotten thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I hate coffee. No, it's not in your algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a decaf guy? At night, I am, yeah. At night. After, after Why? a certain Bro, hour. that's how you know it's an addiction. <laughs> 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 I got to have coffee, but it's got to be decaf so I can sleep. All right. I'm about to blow your mind. Okay. Oh, boy. Did you know I'm that... not implying that you're a drug user of coffee or anything, but <laughs> I just got to throw that out there. Did you know that Eminem... Came out with a caramel cold brew flavor. Wait, M and M. Yes, that's an awfully hot no, no, coffee no, 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 pot. No, no. As an M M&M and M, the candy. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good. <laughs> ever, 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 ever. But yeah, M and M came out with caramel cold brew. M and M's. M and M's. And they are really good. If you like the amazing. coffee taste, oh yeah, it has a, like a little dash and splash of coffee and caramel. It's just where that's good. I have. There's one in my freezer. Oh, <laughs> just one M&M just that's, chilling that's there? That's the only place to get it. Yeah. All right. Actually, yeah. I'll go for it. You you nerdy dog. <laughs> so, when you talk about decaf coffee, I don't drink that. Good. You know? <laughs> I don't drink that. I'm I don't drink coffee. I run on the Holy Spirit. Praise God. <laughs> Dude, it'd be scary to see you on coffee, but, man. But I'm thinking, like, with coffee, with, like, with caffeine, and uh, obviously, a lot of people drink in the morning to wake themselves up. Hmm. But with decaf, you're kind of drinking that for the taste, but to not to not to interrupt your system, not to interrupt your life, so that way you can mm-hmm. go to sleep, right? Yeah. And I think a lot of times with, wow, this is stretch. With <laughs> with 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 Jesus though, when we introduce Jesus into people's lives, they only want Jesus to impact so much, and at their choice of when as well, when it's convenient, a little mm-hmm. pick me up mm-hmm. in the morning when they're down, right? But when they want to go to when they want to go to sleep or they have other things on their mind, take the decaf version so it doesn't interrupt your life. Mm. And I remember That's reading good. these these um, thing on um, in this book, and it talks about this this one lady saying, you know, I like I like this Jesus guy that you're talking about and all the things you're preaching, but he's interrupting my life. And wow. and talking about how, you know, I I she kind of got to a point of asking him not to preach the way he's preaching because it was so going against her mm. life and bringing so much conflict in, into into what she's thinking. And he's like, that's not my job. Jesus wow. interrupts your life. Jesus changes things. When you have a certain schedule, sometimes he'll bring in these interruptions. That's part of the ministry. Wow. And so it's not to take the decap version of Jesus, if you will, but all that he is all the time and submitting yeah, to that. I wouldn't say that was a stretch at all. There you no, go. Yeah, That was really good. I was thinking about, sometimes I have coffee. I don't have anything else with it. It doesn't work well for me. Like, oh. if you have coffee the and just coffee, yeah. coffee poops are going to be rough. Oh, my goodness. But sometimes you have coffee by itself on an empty stomach, and uh, your heart's racing a little bit because the caffeine's <laughs> yes. getting to you. And I was reminded of uh, the story when disciples ask, why couldn't I cast out these uh, demons? Demons, because right? you had decaf like, coffee. Because yeah. you had decaf <laughs> coffee and no fish. <laughs> you know what I mean? No fish. <laughs> no, he said... Because you have to do it by prayer and fasting alone. You need mm. one 
and the other. It's not it's not one or. You need both. So that would be yeah. a very, very stretchy gotcha. little, little decaf coffee illustration there. <laughs> stretchy. Mm. Jesus is just like, y'all are bots. <laughs> so you can't, you can't get these demons out. Leave it to player one, yeah. <laughs> my, my ongoing feeling is that decaf coffee is made for people who know their limitations. Right. So mm. like so like nobody goes to a coffee shop and is like, we know what I want is like no caffeine. Decaf right? coffee. I want to spend six dollars on a that's right, on a really, really mediocre cup of yeah. decaf coffee. But while it's not what's ideal, there are times when it's appropriate. And so I think about this for people recovering from addiction, for people who are trying to get out of sinful habits in their life. They're like, Okay, I just can't handle the full thing right now. Like mm. I can't handle exposure to certain things. And so I'm going to submit to limitations because I know my limits, mm. right? Good. And that'll actually lead me to health, right? Like things that are good for my heart and my system and yeah. me to function. So Yeah. It's good. I think that self-awareness is is really good too, just because I've I've been on this this side as well of having such strong convictions about things mm-hmm. and then putting them on other people, right? As if it's like truth overall. And it's like, so for example, with this, it'd be like cutting it all out. Yeah. So then it's like, no, there's people that know their limitations, you know, and drinking coffee, caffeine isn't a bad thing, but then it can become part of this addiction where then you start having things where if you're not drinking, you're having headaches and all this stuff. Right. Yeah. But if we start forcing our convictions on other people and just because it's us being self-aware of our own lives, it starts to become a problem. Yeah. You know? So self-awareness yes. is huge. Or you get a little like cake up and then you just yeah. keep using it over and over again. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh, deliver us. And then, see, I, see, I'm not, I'm not a coffee guy, then but you, I, even I know that. Then, is you just, know that is. then you're just drinking Folgers. That's what well, you're dude, drinking. That's right. Oh my gosh, oh, oh. dude, Folgers Best throwback. Oh my gosh. So yeah, the, the, the first the, <laughs> shout out to Coffee and Calling, which you guys are the current host, but the previous hosts had this running joke where they made Folgers the unofficial sponsor of Coffee and Calling, and they constantly reference Folgers. I think oh, it's good nostalgia. I think trip. privately owned coffee shops have ruined why I don't like going getting coffee from you know like Starbucks or. Folgers. I mean, because they have all. Yeah, it's just. Bro, you shouldn't go to Starbucks, bro. It's of the devil. Yeah, and it's they got it, a sea demon as their logo. icon. Bro, you're letting you're letting Siri in on this whole conversation. Oh. Right no, no, no. Your algorithm. All right, my name is Charlie Alcock. Uh, let's go to the next bro. one. And stop. Dwight. Oh, uh, Dwight Schrute. Dwight Schrute. Uh, Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. One of my favorite characters. I, oh, I genuinely, yes. <laughs> is this the office? Who is this guy? Who is this guy? I genuinely mourned no coffee, when but... I finished The Office for the first time. Oh, I was yeah, genuinely, sure. like, I miss Dwight. I yes. genuinely miss Dwight. And there's like friends that accompany you over like years. <laughs> I've right? never like, watched a full episode of The Office. Yeah, so which, okay. what do you do? Start season one, episode one? I go eat beets in his honor. Oh my God. Oh, That's disgusting. Good. Okay. <laughs> My ongoing theory is Dwight is like one of the most loyal friends in the whole series, but he always seems like he's at odds with people. Mm-hmm. And it's like a really helpful reminder to me when I'm like, oh, I know who's in and who's out. Like, I know who likes me and who doesn't. Like, I know who's my friend and who's not. That there are people that God has in mind mm-hmm. to like, to, for me to learn from, for me to submit to, for me to be friends with, that I just don't imagine. I just don't have the imagination God does for that. And But Dwight turns out to be one of the most... Spoiler alert, loyal friends to yeah. like Jim, Pam, and like the other people in the office. But like, 
the whole time. You would think he just absolutely despises yeah. them. Yes. So it's helpful as we go into congregational context mm-hmm. to think like some of us may think, I know what's going on in their head all the time. And then think, well, I don't even know what's going on in my head yeah. half the time. Like, let's just, let's. Oh, gosh. Yeah, let's be open. All right, let's flash back for the person, the uncultured swine here at the table that. Uh, Bro, I'm the Ooh. one who hits the button every single time and says something. There uncultured swine still. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was so never in question. There, there is an episode of The Office where Roy, who is trying to rekindle his relationship with Pam, finds out that she and Jim kissed. Okay. Oh, no. <gasps> I know. See, this is a show you need to watch, right? High, the high drama. School, okay. High school's back. All right, so Jim and Pam are not dating. Mm-hmm. Just to be clear at the moment, they, they are they not kissed? dating. They kissed. Jim is dating somebody else, okay? So at the moment, the office is this setup. People are leaving for the day, getting ready to leave, all right? Uh, Jim and his girlfriend are standing at reception. Pam is sitting or sitting at reception, and Dwight is at his desk, which is next to Jim and, and his girlfriend. Roy comes in, and bro... It's it's like the switch turns on and the guy like I am going to murder this individual right. We've probably all seen that look on some TV show or something right. It's like help her, and it's silent. And then all of a sudden you see Roy charge at Jim. Dwight stands up and pepper sprays Roy <laughs> right in the face. <laughs> and it's like Pam, please call security because he got sprayed back from the pepper spray as well. So he's just like please call security. Dwight did yes. And everybody else is also affected by the pepper spray. But I think the spiritual connection, the point, this is a really cheesy, like, youth group type uh, illustration right here. It's like that accountability partner right there when the temptation is coming full force at you, right? Here comes your accountability partner to help with the temptation. Mm. That's it. Pepper spray. Some of my favorite office moments are Dwight Schrute blooper reels. Oh. So good. Have you, the episode when they have, Okay, this is they have to catch somebody that has an obscenity. Do you remember that episode? The Flasher. Yes, the yes. Flasher. Yeah. Um, I watched the blooper. That was for the, the most episode. gentle way of saying yes. Flasher. <laughs> I never heard that has an obscenity. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't find. I didn't want to just say what was on my it's so mind. Gentle. It's so bad. <laughs> but the blooper reel is just hilarious, and I actually like love The Office more because I saw the blooper reels. Mm-hmm. Right, seeing Jim just not being able to handle. A scene over and over, or Michael Scott just, I mean, failing yeah. over and over again. And I was reminded of like when I'm sermon prepping or I'm doing anything, a Bible study, sometimes the most like moving parts of that is not even when I deliver it. Like mm-hmm. it's it's the rehearsal, it's the dry run, it's yeah. the, oh man, that was really good for my soul that I just preached that. And it may not hit for anybody else in that moment, but you're walking away changed and transformed, which is the goal of being a pastor is when you preach or you give a lesson, or you teach in some way. So let it transform yourself, not just regurgitate information, but actually let it come in, come out, and nourish you. It's good. All right, so going a little bit off of that, there is a scene in the office, which you haven't seen, because you're an uncultured swine. Roasted. Dwight is... roasted. It's not original, though, so... I couldn't see you behind that grain of rice. (laughs) Boom, roasted. Dwight is uh Dwight is sitting on a medicine ball or uh, an exercise ball, okay, at his desk. <laughs> and he's being really obnoxious about it just like that. And all of a sudden Jim goes to pop it with scissors, right? And it pop pops. It goes and he crashes to the floor and you can see 
uh, Jim Halpert's actor, John Krasinski, break in the scene and it stays in, right? On the Office Ladies podcast, they go back and talk about that moment. And what was supposed to happen was he was supposed to hit it and it was supposed to deflate slowly. And you were supposed to sit there in the oh. energy of him slowly deflating down. But it was so unexpected when they popped it that they left it in because it was hilarious, right? Um, so sometimes, so you're talking about. If they would have just kept the scissors in, then it would have deflated. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Okay. When, dude, oh, sorry. 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 Didn't sorry. know you were a prop master. Got it. All right. So, um, uh, gosh, dang it, man. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. <laughs> get, let me get it back. All right. Oh, sometimes you prepare for the sermon, right? S unless you're the person that just goes, you know, I'm just gonna wing it when I get up there, and I the spirit's gonna the take spirit. it, right? But it, there is it. there is power in preparation. Okay. I just want to be be clear. There's power in preparation. Just not for your soul, but for the sake of the sermon being delivered. But sometimes in a prepared sermon, it's the ad lib that yeah. catches you. The spirit just whoop, whoop, gets you. That's true. <laughs> That's good. Ethan, I never know when you preach if it's ad libbed or if it's manuscripted, which I think is beautiful. Yeah. Um, I, th I think it's manuscripted, but it doesn't feel that way. No, is that true? It's always manuscripted. But, uh, but I often, there's usually about three minutes of content that comes back in that's not in the manuscript. Right. And I never know. I'm like, is he just, is he just saying something and just convicting my soul right now? Is the Holy Spirit speaking through Ethan right now, or is this manuscript that I don't know? Yes. So kudos to you, Ethan. Oh, yes. Speed round. Uno, speed round. Uno mas. Uno mas. Let's go. Let's speed go. round. I guess Come we on now. Mas, right? <laughs> Done. A Ferrari. A Ferrari. <laughs> I tell you what, you follow God What's a and you want that Ferrari, you get it. I tell you what. <laughs> as long as you give a little bit of money to Joel Osteen, yeah. that Ferrari's coming your way. As long as my bank account looks nice, you'll get it. But my friends, do you have a Ferrari faith or do you have a Lamborghini faith? Either sounds pretty good. One is you donated a thousand. The other one is fifteen hundred. Can I get an amen? <laughs> I got a Camry. <laughs> They're both expensive and Facts. expensive to fix. All right, sometimes, you know, we want the Ferrari. Most people want a Ferrari. Like, if we, if we were just handed a Ferrari, we would want it, right? But nobody, nobody wants the maintenance costs for a Ferrari. Nope. Have you, I don't know if you guys know this. Probably, Probably not, not. Because only I knew. <laughs> in the mid-2000s and the early, in the late 1990s, um, Ferrari were notorious for having their belts right behind the firewall. So you couldn't get to it unless you dropped the engine out of the car, which is thousands of dollars for at a Ferrari dealership because you want to take it to Ferrari because you want to get it done right. Correct. So if you get a Ferrari, you get the nice thing you've always wanted, right? You get that thing. But then there are so many things that can and will go wrong after that in the maintenance of this great thing. And I dare say that I have nothing else to say on this except maybe a sketchy illustration of sometimes in our lives we want something so bad, whether it's good for us or bad for us, and when we get the thing, it drags us down. And Ooh, that's... Yeah. I'm going to pick that up. Okay, let's go. Up. So often we want something, but we don't <laughs> want what comes with it, right? Yeah. So like, like I want like a really, really good friendship but i'm like oh i don't always feel like i have the time to like or the maybe even the wherewithal to like be vulnerable first yeah. like to be the first time you know what i mean it's like oh my gosh what if god like wants to give me a really good friend that's not already in my life 
And I have to like be open to that, like <laughs> that part. Yeah. Like I want like I want to be responsible in loving and serving other people. But that opens me up to being misunderstood in fresh ways too. So that I'll go to sleep thinking about the good that I've done, but also misunderstood by people that I want to just like me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like we want something, but we don't want what comes with it yeah. for our good. maintenance. Gross. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> Tyler, back, right, bros. So I was thinking about, um, for me, I'm kind of the guy that, obviously a Ferrari would be nice, mm -hmm. but I just want a car that gets me from A to B, mm. you know, and I'm good. Mm -hmm. Give me a nice, yeah, something mm. that lasts a long time, whatever. But the thing is, from A to B, a Ferrari will get you there. And just a in regular style. Yeah. And then a regular old car will get you from A to B as well. And so what the purpose of the car is still the same. What it does, the function. If it's That's if good. it does the same, the function's good. So like get from A to B, you're good. What whatever car it is. Our function as Christians, like being faithful with whatever that we have. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hear a lot of times, like we made jokes about prosperity gospel mm -hmm. and things like this, but I also look at other pastors, other ministers that have a lot of money too. And sometimes from afar, I can look at it and be like, they shouldn't have that because, you know, as pastors, you know, we shouldn't have a lot of money or what, whatever you want to say. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if they're being faithful with their own life and being faithful with what they have, just as I'm being faithful, it's being faithful with the little and then faithful with the lot as well. Mm -hmm. And so regardless of if you have a Ferrari or Honda Civic or something like mm -hmm. that. Yeah, who drives a Honda Civic? The, you want to get from A to B, mm -hmm. being faithful with what you have. So yeah, I think a Ferrari is like evangelism. Ooh. Let's hear it. Yeah, I'm, I'll take you there. Take me there. So we, when I get a, if I already get a Ferrari, first of all, I would be scared to death to drive it because if I'm if As I most people are if I am in a wreck mm -hmm. or I get a little little fender bender that is so expensive to fix. Granted, if I have a Ferrari, I probably have enough money to fix it, mm -hmm. but still like. In my, in my mind, if I have something expensive, to me, if I break it, it's it's worth way more to fix it or to get a new one versus mm -hmm. if I go to Goodwill and buy a pair of shoes for 15 bucks mm -hmm. and they're decent shoes, I don't care if I ruin them. And oftentimes when I don't care about me ruining them, they're fine, right? But when we evangelize, I think sometimes we are like driving a Ferrari where we go to be like, hey, do you, I'm afraid if they're, I don't know if they're going to like me if I talk about Jesus. I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to mess up their soul if I, give them, if I give them the gospel right now. I'm afraid I want to interrupt their life. Mm. But we have no faith in a God that can, well, first of all, that captured your heart. That's a miracle in itself. Mm. Secondly, we have no faith to say, God, whatever I say right now is going to be translated into whatever your Holy Spirit says. Right? I could say something heretical. And God can twist it and transform it into exactly what that person needs to hear. Mm -hmm. Granted, don't I, I'm not advocating for speaking heresy. And no way am I saying speak heresy. What I am saying is just just go do it. Like if 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 you feel the conviction to go have a conversation, go have the conversation. God will take over. Mm -hmm. I mean, we see that in scripture. And we we work for a good God. And if I embarrass myself, then the odds of me seeing that person again are slim. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, if I'm at Walmart and I see a random person, and I'm like, how you doing? I strike, I, strike up, I strike up a conversation and nothing becomes of it. It is what it is. Maybe a seed was planted. Who knows? But I think a Ferrari, I, I would drive it slowly. Sometimes we, we do that with our evangelism. We're like, mm -hmm. ah, I'm scared. I don't know. Yeah, and people keep them in garages, don't even drive them over a thousand, mi a thousand yeah. miles in their entire lifespan. Yeah, it's just to say that you've made it in life. But that's such an interesting thing you said, too, 
about evangelism is the one the one thing people are wor- one of the things people are worried about is messing up somebody else's soul. It's already messed up. It's already messed up. The worst you could do is leave it the same way. Like yeah. like leave them that person the same way you found them. Like yeah. that's it. One yeah. thing one thing I was thinking about uh with all of this is talking about the cost of things, right? It's like with <laughs> with salvation being a gift, is like imagine being gifted like a Ferrari, but then the cost that comes with with this in in salvation and following the Lord yeah. is your life. It's true. You know, it's it doesn't cost anything, you know, it's a free gift. Yes, but also it's gonna cost you your life. Deny mm-hmm. yourself every single day. Just like with a Ferrari, like there's a lot of expenses that come with it, even if it's gifted to you. Mm-hmm. But the difference is, I mean, salvation, eternal. Like people want heaven, people want all these things, but heaven is just a self-denial and just worshiping God and mm-hmm. that you're not God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Good. I think that's 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 everything. Right? Yeah. That's a wrap. Yeah. That's Holy that's spaghetti cow. wrap. Nope, spinach wrap. That's what I was thinking. There we go. Spinach wrap. There we go. Let's Trademark. thank you Pastor Ethan yes. Lender for being here. Yes, thank you. Thank you, guys. As always, a man filled with wisdom. And if you ever heard him preach, listen to him more often. If you haven't, go to College West, find Ethan Lender sermons. Fire. You preaching sometime this summer? Yeah. All right. May 7th. May 7th. There you go, folks. Oh, you're Maybe you we'll just know? put it on the podcast. Huh? But maybe we'll just put it on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, there we'll we go. We'll just use the sermon. Yeah. And say, hey. Then we'll dissect it. We'll yes. pick it apart. Please fix you... it. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like, all right, you see how he's walking right here with no shoes on? Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so Christ We have gone so far. We, we, this is when you know we have too much chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> just thinking the same thing. I just want to note that you knew about Ferraris, like engine bays, which yeah. I'm just impressed. Like, you have a car that's so reliable. That you look up <laughs> random things. It's like your forerunner will never break down. I should probably know what's gonna go wrong with that guy. So <laughs> funny story. <laughs> funny story. Um, I actually found a YouTube video, and it's a guy. He says, "I'm gonna spend the next 50 minutes trying to destroy the engine of this forerunner." Yeah. And he couldn't. He it took him all the way to the end, where he basically just like threw nuts and bolts into a running engine, and that was it. Yeah. Yeah. You could oh. use Sunny D for any freeze, and it would still go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like absolutely crazy. Exactly. Of course, of course the chemical composition of Sunny D and antifreeze are a lot closer than I'm comfortable with. <laughs> oh my God. No, it closes out. Okay. Man. Well, on that, that closes our modern parables. We'll see you guys next time. Ah! We would also like to take a second to thank the School of Theology and Ministry at Indiana Wesleyan University for using their facilities. We want to thank the Called Collective for producing all of our podcasts. The Called Collective seeks to equip the next generation of ministry leaders. To find out more information, visit thecalledcollective.org or check us out on Instagram at The Called Collective. Once again, thank you for stopping by and listening to our crazy sermon illustrations that might actually work. Check back next week for more modern parables.